Good morning. Happy, happy, happy Monday. Parish Orphans and Retrogrades. This is Timothy Gordon coming to you with an episode on yet another unfortunate event developing around the world in the Roman Catholic Church. And that event is the following. The Relator General of the Synod on Synodality for Synods and Synod Makers, or whatever the official thing of the 2023 Synod is called, has revealed... I should say claimed, claimed, not revealed, that Pope Francis agrees with him, Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich, about his LGBT stance. And, moreover, that this stance, pro-LGBT, reflecting important changes in, ostensibly, the Roman catechism on sexual ethics, will be reflected as early as next month in the Synod of Synodality process for synods and synod makers. This is bad news, as you know, and we have been dreading, by we I mean you, me, all of us, faithful Catholics, parish orphans, the meaning behind this Synod on Synodality ever since it was announced a year and a half ago. And now they're in the global process where they're hearing from Select, highly selectively, they're hearing from dioceses around the world, and they're doing what they did during the family synods of 2014 and 2015. They're picking out only what they want, the directors of the synod. This is my personal guess, based on how Pope Francis has used the process of synodality since taking the chair of Peter nine, nine years ago. And they're, they're going to be picking out, it looks like, pro-married priest legislation. They have a keen ear out for women deacons and even according to Hollerick, women priests. And now there's going to be, according to Hollerick, the Relator General, pro-LGBT language, and he claims specifically that the Pope agrees with him. So this is what we're going to talk about today on Rules for Retrogrades. It's more bad news we try to focus on themes that will keep your faith strong to the specifically Catholic, specifically Christian type of monotheism, and I offer you that in between shows. But when it's a news show with some commentary, it's always bad news. I'm sorry about that. That's the nature of what we do. We'll get into what to look out for in just a second. First, I want to encourage all the parish orphans and retrogrades out there, we're trying to Push this show to 50,000 subscribers. Please subscribe. Please make sure you're subscribed. I watched some YouTube videos until a few months ago. I had a very bad habit. I watch a lot of NBA channels. And I wasn't subscribed to them. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel and share the video and like it when you like it. Even if you, you like it. <laughs> Even when you don't like it. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Trust me. It's the best. Trent Horn just hit 50,000 YouTube subscribers, congratulations to him. That's been our goal for the past spring and summer. So we're, we're still a little ways away, but that's, it's a very attainable goal. And Trent hitting it made me congratulate him, but also makes me want to achieve that status for rules for retrogrades. We have, um, I think, I think an, an undersized channel, and it has to do with the way my, my philosophy of organic growth how do you grow the channel? 
I, I, I don't want to just throw red chum meat in the water. I know other channels do this to very, very salient effect. Good for them. That's not what I want to grow. It's the Deftones way to grow your band's reputation rather than the corn way to grow your band's reputation. The, the, the organic slow way. But still, let's hit 50K. Also, you've heard me bring you the Federalist message, which is to say states' rights matter. It is subsidiarity within the American context. And what it means is if you live in a blue state, in a post-Dobbs world, where red states actually illegalize abortion, then you are morally accountable now for getting out of your blue state and getting to a red state. Do so in the next couple of months before the midterm elections. It'll only get harder after that. Go to realestateforlife.org and you'll talk to a good, probably Catholic, definitely pro-life helper who will make the process less of a headache. realestateforlife.org. Get from the bluest of the blue, such as California, to the reddest of the red, such as Mississippi or Alabama, just like I did. Finally, uh, a new sponsor for this program is The Saint Maker. I have been doing a round of interviews for my new book, Don't Go to College, and I needed The Saint Maker in my life today. I missed, I missed an appointment that I had to do one of the many interviews that I've been doing. And if I had it penciled into my Saint Maker, I wouldn't have missed it. No matter what your Catholic vocation, the Saint Maker is a one-of-a-kind personal journal and planner to help you reignite your faith, succeed in life, experience true spiritual freedom. Centered on Catholic wisdom and backed by modern productivity science, there has never been a resource like the Saint Maker to keep you focused, productive, on fire for the faith every day. Thousands of Catholics are making the change. They're reporting amazing results already. With the Saint Maker free trial, you can try it out for 90 days, risk-free. If you decide it's not for you, no big deal. Return your Saint Maker for a full refund, including shipping. Rules for Retrogrades listeners can learn more about this offer and get a special deal, 10% off their first Saint Maker, by visiting thesaintmaker.com forward slash retrogrades and using promo code retrogrades at checkout. It's a good system. And when I use these things, they never fail me. Half the time I need a, a Saint Maker to remind me to use my Saint Maker. <laughs> Mm. You can always get a reservation, right? I mean, look, you don't have to be Father James Martin to keep an appointment. <laughs> People like that last show. If you like the last Father James Martin show, we're having a good time. If you don't laugh, you cry. And, um, well, the troops, on behalf of the butt philosophy we were talking about last show, the B-U-T, you shouldn't really sin, but... If you're going to, God probably won't punish you for it. Philosophy, the butt men, like James Martin in America, have counterparts. They have counterparts. And one of their counterparts is a head honcho in the European Bishops' Commission. His name is Jean-Claude Hollerich. He is not a kung fu champion the way Jean-Claude Van Damme was. He is a champion of homo rights, a champion of sodomy between a couple of dudes. He said, uh, he's the relator general of the Synod on Synodality, he said that we must listen to the people of the world, what they express regarding changes to Catholic teaching. What he really means is we must listen to the homos of the world and what they express regarding what they're into, which is the philosophy of the butt. 
the openly pro-homosexual head of this, I'm reading from a LifeSite News article that's linked, by the way. The openly pro-homosexual head of the European Bishops Commission has again cast doubt on the perennial Catholic doctrine on homosexuality, which is, if you don't know, that's when a man thinks he can marry a man and, and get with a man. He appeared to suggest that he thinks the Catholic Church can change its teaching, even though it's dogmatic, through the worldwide synod on synodality, and this is why they're doing it, I would add, and claimed that he knows that he is in, quote, full agreement with Pope Francis on that issue. Okay, let's, let me reflect over the landscape of the recent history of the Francis pontificate. What I mean by recent history is the group, the, the groupings of Roman Catholic faithful, excluding left Cats. Cut them off. I'm not even talking about them. The multifarious and many groups of faithful Catholics, as they have self-divided since, let's say, the Summer of Shame, when many of you first got to know me. Summer of Shame, TNT comes out, we start making shows, you know, me and Taylor Marshall, on just the wild, wild news. Francis evidently covered up for Uncle Ted McCarrick in, in one way or another, summer of 2018. I'd already written a book. Some people knew me by my Catholic articles, but that's really where you first got to know this, this, this face. And since then, what happened was like the denizens of a ship running to one side, and then let's say it's Captain Jack Sparrow's ship, because that's what I'm thinking of, and then suddenly running to the other side to tip it the other way, and then running back, and you can create a tipping effect if you do this. My maritime friends tell me. Um, I really only have one maritime friend. But the point is, summer of 2018, and especially the fall of 2018, people were really enthusiastically joining forces with me and Taylor Marshall, and there was a kind of recognize and resist energy within the census fidelium that was palpable. It was strong, Forza Forza. That was exciting. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. That was an exciting time to be making YouTube videos. I, I remember when, when Taylor and I first started making videos, one day we were sitting in front of my daughter's physical therapy in the parking lot, the way we, we would, and... I was getting contacted by all these people, and they're like, dude, Google Pope Francis, and I did. And the second thing that came up was me and, me and Taylor's video on the Pope. That was one of our earlier videos. So people all around the world, I have friends all around the world from living in Europe, were contacting me. Priests, other student, graduate students, philosophers, theologians, uh, people that I taught with locally in Bakersfield at Catholic school. It was exciting. It was an exciting energy. That blossomed and grew into the TNT show and the enthusiasm, therefore. But, but naturally, everyone was galvanized temporarily. Francis is bad. I mean, I'd been saying it since like the second week of this pontificate when he said Catholics reproduce too much. And he said abortion was overemphasized. Remember that? Are you guys really surprised that Pope Francis didn't enthusiastically embrace with both arms the Dobbs decision? Instead, saying that he's not a jurisprude, so he can't celebrate it. I don't know much about American jurisprudence, so I can't celebrate it. What? 
this is consistent. He said we're overemphasizing uh, abortion. That it's not. It's uh, it's 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 overemphasized, which means we talk about it too much. Okay, so whatever the case, whatever your other critiques are of me or Taylor Marshall at the time, people thought we were going to excesses in our critiques of the Pope. In some ways, they thought uh, we were doing so with Vatican II. Then, then all of a sudden, the moment of exigency after 9-11, everyone gets galvanized. Summer and fall of shame, everyone got galvanized. Um, you know, you lose that galvanization because then people start making distinctions, and this is what a human being has to do, and they group into forces, and the, the event that originally teamed you up release a little bit or they become less recent in your in your memory and in human history and you make distinctions and it's easy for reasonable minds to differ as to those distinctions that as you all know happened somewhat throughout the next year and a half uh to, to taylor and me we agree on most stuff but but reasonable minds will differ and it also started happening to the different viewerships of the different shows and even you guys are the parish orphans of retrogrades, denizens of this show. Even you disagree with each other, of course. This is what it is to be human. Particularly in the most confusing time to be alive for a human being ever. So, I would say around two years later, 2020, 2021, there was, and, and some people think, uh, will cite me as being one of the ones to pump the brakes, and, and this is what I'm trying to correct now. I, then all of a sudden, I started distinguishing, look, I don't think that critique of Francis, which almost all of it's due, uh, is necessarily always alignable with critique of the Second Vatican Council. That Now, there's, I have a whole philosophy, I just did it, a whole philosophy of ratified constitutional language on the Second Vatican Council, how the documents are actually okay, but I think the intent was clearly bad. And I show you through the jurisprudence of textualism how that works. So I was sort of pumping the brakes because I was like, this does actually prop up the hermeneutic. It doesn't prop up that, that Vatican II as a historical event was a good thing. I still think it's a bad thing. I just don't think the documents are, are tainted. They wrote them in a way intentionally where they're not. And so people saw that as a pumping of the brakes. I guess in some sense it is. But I never applied that to Francis. Now, folks out there, I'm a philosopher. I'm a trained philosopher. I'm not a trained theologian. People call me a theologian all the time. That's wrong. What we're trained to do better than everyone else, aside from maybe really careful lawyers, that's also their training, is distinctions, to distinguish. And so I, I always distinguish. Look, my really, 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 really practically unrestrained criticism of Francis, which began in late 2013, uh, is not the same thing as criticism for the most recent ecumenical council. It's, it's, nah, there's a lot of overlap. Both of them have strongly liberalizing tendencies. Both of them feel like an infiltration of the church in some wise, but in vastly different ways, and even the means by which such a creeping leftism was uh, encroached into the church differed between Francis and Vatican II. I know a lot of people say, and I think I agree, Francis is the apotheosis of the spirit of Vatican II, yes. But that doesn't mean that 
what I'm saying is when people started pumping the brakes, even pretty strong right-wingers that in many cases are associated with this channel, I won't name names because it's just a fact. They started pumping the brakes and they were saying other Catholic YouTubers based on an energy like TNT have gone too far. And some people have said, you know, made, made criticisms of Taylor and others that, they, that they've gone too far. Okay, I would say, well, maybe when you start criticizing ecumenical documents, I agree. Um, it just can't happen or else it means the whole faith is false. But not necessarily with the intent at Vatican II. I think it was pretty evil by the governing force. My, my philosophy on this is pretty refined, and yet I've made it pretty clear. Not with regard to Pope Francis, okay? So most folks out there, even smart folks like doctors or engineers, are not trained distinction makers. I'm not saying everyone out there who's not a philosopher or a lawyer can't make distinctions, but I am saying that folks are naturally anathema to even relatively salient, sizable noteworthy, prominent distinctions. So all I'm saying is I'm, I'm not, I've never really pumped the brakes on the Francis criticism. I don't think he's a formal heretic, right? I haven't weighed in too much on this issue because I, I think, you know, some of, some of the really far right-wing Catholics are, are saying, oh, he's, he may be a formal Catholic, a, a formal heretic. Other people are saying no. Meanwhile, I've just said I, I haven't weighed in on the H word. Heresy is a juridical question. For it to be meaningful and formal, it's got to be juridical. So you need a body, usually after the pontificate, to declare it. Same thing I say to the Beneplenus. I'm like, I don't think, I, I, I think Francis has done plenty. Amoris Laetitia and the letter to the Argentine bishops is proof. Plenty that in the future may be later called actually formal heresy, but someone has to declare it. So I don't, I don't waste time about that. I just make the meaningful distinction. We have to deal with uh, Amoris Laetitia and the implementation of it. We have to deal with all these other 101 outrages of Pope Francis. Go watch that video if, if not. And so, so when folks that are pretty far right start saying, oh, oh we're just sick of the, the negativity with regard to Francis, you know, and they associate it with negativity regarding Vatican II. That's just, you need more distinctions, guys. There is no call, according to me, this is my opinion, and I'm distinguishing, I'm not citing a fact. There is no call to say something positive about this pontificate, right? I mean, there's, there's some limited... I, I, I regularly quote the Pope on abortion when he says it's like hiring a hitman because this is what I say too, right? When I... I, I interviewed Abby Johnson on Taylor's channel four years ago, and I said, hey, isn't this like hiring a hitman? That's just, just what it is. The main murderer is the one that hires the hitman. And now she's come around to that point of view. So obviously the Pope has said one or two things that I found apropos. That doesn't mean that on the whole, given the hundreds of counter-Catholic things that he said and at times even taught, even stuck into the Acte Apostolicae Sedis, like that Argentine bishop's letter from October of 2016, there's nothing to celebrate here. It is not time to, quote, pump the brakes on Francis' negativity. And also, if you know anything about the way Pope Francis works, if someone like Cardinal Sarah 
wants to consecrate the Eucharist facing liturgical east, even during Lent. Pope Francis will, will come out, he'll have his lieutenants say, don't do that. You don't have to, you don't have to face ad orientum. But we want to make sure that, so they're on it. He watches the internet closely. So when Jean, I know this is a big pause, but when Jean-Claude Hollerich says, hey, we need to change Catholic teaching, can't happen, change Catholic doctrine, biblical theology, long time established, 2,000 years plus 2,000 years, going all the way back to the Pentateuch in the Old Testament. This is an impossibility. And when he says, Pope Francis, quote, is in full, uh, I am in full agreement with Pope Francis on this issue, some of the Pope-splainers are going to be out there saying, this is what Jean-Claude Hollerich said. He's just a cardinal. Pope Francis didn't say that. Yes, but he's silent. Pope Francis is not silent when Cardinal Sarah does something that doesn't even so directly claim to represent Francis's point of view. Like just says, hey, I'm Cardinal Sarah. I used to be in charge of the Congregation of Divine Worship. And I say, priests might try facing liturgical east as they consecrate. That's the Catholic way to do it. Versus populum is not Catholic. It's not in Sacrosanctum Concilium. So he says, just try it. Francis feels the need to dissociate himself from him there. Francis feels the need to dissociate himself from anybody that likes the traditional Tridentine Latin Mass. Francis feels the need to dissociate himself from the former Grand Inquisitor, the prefect for the uh, Apostolic Signatura, Cardinal Burke. Francis will not, and as far as I know, has not yet said that Hollerich was wrong here. In a, I'll go on with the LifeSite article. In a 90-second exchange captured on video Sunday at Holy Child Jesus Parish in Chicago, Illinois, in the Archdiocese of Supich, who just the weekend before permanently discontinued ICKSP's Latin Masses, um, this Jesuit Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich, dangerous Jesuit man, who pray, plays an important role in Francis's synod on synodality in, as a leader, as the Relator General, uh, said that, quote, we have to give an interpretation to the Bible teaching when asked for his thoughts regarding a possible change in the Catholic doctrine on sex ethics. He's talking about homos, men who think you can have sex with other men. It is constant, unchangeable teaching of the church, LifeSite points out, that homosexual acts are contrary to the nature of sexual relations, contrary to the, both the ergon and the telos, the formal cause and the final cause of sex relations, and that all men and women are called to chastity, which is true. Well, when they say, when, when guys, you know, homoists like Hollerich say, we shouldn't shut out in the cold, people who are same-sex attracted, everyone says, no, we also shouldn't shut out in the cold people that feel that they're addicted to heterosexual sex or, quote, addicted to porn. I know a lot of you guys use that term, addicted. Yeah, of course we shouldn't. We just tell them you have to be chaste. You can't just do whatever you want. You can struggle with whatever you struggle with, but you have to overcome the temptation. So if you're same-sex attracted and living a Josephite life, like the, the terror of demons, St. Joseph, the man, based as base comes as St. Joseph, the scourge of wicked demons, 
then you are an insider in the church. You are a paragon of holiness. Same-sex attracted, it's not your fault. You were molested or were raised in a single parent household or whatever, whatever causes this. I'm just going on the two Aristotelian causes. Abused, have, have a really, really untoward model of masculinity or femininity in your mother or your father. Whatever caused you to be same-sex attracted, it's one of these things. Can't be all of them at once, but it's one of these things. You, God doesn't blame you for that. He blames us for our actions. So you're called the chastity, and you're responsible for your acts, not for disorders that get soft-wired into you in your childhood. We all have them. Steph and I were talking about this the other day. No, Everyone says it. No one believes it. Everyone says what these YouTubers that are Catholic leaders, thought leaders, oh, we all have flaws. But no one believes it. Look, everyone struggles with something. It, it must be hard to struggle with, so you know, porn, I'm going to use this addiction because I think the term gets thrown around too much, or, you know, struggles with chastity or struggle, look, that's, there but for the grace of God go everyone. That's not my thing I struggle with, but it's a lot of people's. It's one of the more common things to struggle with, either straight porn or some sexual dysfunction. Our society... Our liberal society is whack, and it messes people up. You're judged on your actions. And Hollerick and the, the, the butt philosophy homo men in the church will never, ever, ever deal in those terms. The very simple, very straightforward Catholic terms of, that's fine. You have a disorder, soft-wired in your personality? Me too. They might differ. That sounded like a squeak toy. That's a little penny. <laughs> The baby. That's Penny, the, the new human. We all have them. Your thing might be a little bit weirder, a little bit less weird than the next guy's. Who cares? All that matters is getting into heaven. That's all there is. Becoming a saint, getting, in, getting your ass and my ass and everybody's ass into heaven. And that's legitimately all that matters and what I want. Now, the point of this show. But Hollerick doesn't believe this Timeless, perennial, bimillennial Christian teaching. And neither do these other but philosophers. Uh, Catechism, Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 2357, states, Basing itself on sacred scripture, which presents homosexual acts as acts of grave depravity, tradition has always declared that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. Intrinsically disordered. Which means that it's not natural vice. So this is a bigger deal if you're SSA. It's a bigger deal. If you struggle being chased and you're a straight person, that's what we call natural vice. So there is a, it's not just a distinction of degree. It's also a distinction of kind. But hey, all that matters is you can get over it, even if you're SSA. Uh, also from 2357, Life Site Sites, that these acts, gay acts, are contrary to the natural law, they close the sexual act to the gift of life. They do not proceed from a genuine effective and sexual complementarity. So there's something whack, right? There can't be a gay gene. You know why? Because a gay gene would be dead within one generation. Remember when the liberals and gays and fake people all around the world in the 90s were pretending to look for a gay gene? There can't be a gay gene. 
because it would have no uh, method of transmission. It would be dead within a generation. Of course there's not. And they knew there wasn't. Under no circumstances, 2357 closes. Under no circumstances can gay acts be approved. Ever. Sorry, Hollerick. Keep it in your pants. You're gonna have to... If you want to get to heaven, you're gonna have to keep it in your pants, Hollerick. And all of the homos in the... Wherever they may be found. In the Episcopate. In the Presbyterate. In the laity. It's up to you. Keep it in your pants so you can't go to heaven. That's just what it is. It's how it be. And same thing for all the straight people out there, right? Same thing for all the married straight people. Unless you want to have like 100 kids and Pope Francis poke fun at you and call you a rabbit who, who can't... <laughs> Isn't that uh, Eminem's nickname in 8 Mile, right? Unless you're like a rabbit, be rabbit, then you know, most people can't afford 100 kids. Then you're going to have to sometimes... Also keep it in your pants. It's just a fact. Now, that's very natural vice between man and wife living together. Oh, it's not even vice. So it's never mind. But it's a natural inclination to be like, man, this month I wish we could contracept artificially. That's, that's, that's a natural thing. But you can't do it. You want to go to heaven, you can. This is the gospel message. Good news. You can get to heaven. The bad news is... You can't just do it on your own terms. you got to do it on the terms of the creator. We're just creatures. But the gays in the church, and they are strong. Sorry, I know people shy away from saying this. There are a lot of the gays. There are a lot of the butt philosophers inside the cardinalate. There's a lot inside the episcopate. And there's a lot inside the presbyterate. I, don't, I can't tell you the exact number. I know... There's an S-ton of stars in the sky, my friends. I don't know the exact number, but there's an S-ton of the gays that the Soviets and the Masons and the Illuminati used, particularly in the early 20th century, to infiltrate, to do what they're doing now, to change the policy. Personalist policies, they say. And they got the gays in, in place to do what they're doing. Nevertheless, Lifesite continues, Synod documents from dioceses worldwide have already reported calls, apparently from among parishioners, for changes to teaching regarding same-sex union and priestly celibacy. Now, Steve Skojek and I, back when Steve was, back in the golden days, when, before Steve was um, writing agnostic things, um, he's, he's a nice man, pray for his soul, but he and I had a running bet with Eric Sammons uh, as to w how long it would take Francis to achieve Sankt Gallen agenda items two and three. He already got communion for the divorced and civilly remarried. Number two and three were women deacons and very pro-body. And we think, me and Steve, I don't know if Steve cares anymore, but we think it was the goal of the Amazon Synod. COVID broke out. And um, they left it open. They didn't do it then. So me and Steve lost that bet to Eric. Tip of the hat. But I, I, I would speculate that I think they were going to do it. But now they're getting back to it anyway. I should talk to Eric about this. It was a time, there was a time stamp. So I, I can't win. I'm not trying to win a bet I lost two and a half years ago. I'm just saying they're going to get around to it. He was put in place for a reason, folks. Francis was. During... 
Hollerick's visit to the U.S. Remember, we, he hung out with uh, Thupich. Lay Catholic activist Richard Smaglick. This is an unfortunate name, particularly given the topic here. Richard, um, his friends would call him Dick Smaglick. That's a horrible oh name. Whew. And this guy's not even a butt philosopher. Uh, so Dick Smaglick asks whether the high-ranking cardinal thinks sodomy might no longer be considered a grave sin in Catholic doctrine following the worldwide synodal process. He's the good guy here, believe it or not. I think you could catch monkeypox from Dick Smaglick's name alone. <laughs> um, I do not know what the synod will bring, Hollerick answered to Smaglick's ap- apropos fitting question. Um, we now listen to the people of the world, what they express. This is Luciferianism. Humanity, humanity, the people of the world, not the deity, but humanity. We don't listen to God. We listen to men. That's Luciferianism. That's the morning star, evening star thing. Known servium, we will not serve. I start getting in reports, as you know, I'm the relator. This is very important. I am the relator general of the synod. And so reading all of that, all the fact that all of these... uh, people out there in the world might want it okay, permitted to have gay sex with each other. It doesn't matter. But he's saying, I read all this. I'm the Relator General of the Synod. And so reading all that, in September, this September, we'll make a first draft for the Continental Meetings, which will take place, explained the Cardinal, who also serves as Archbishop of Luxembourg. It's a huge country. Got a lot of power. Later adding that he would never consider sexuality separated from love. That is beautiful. Are you a poet? Dick Smaglick is not going to agree, though. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. He, he wouldn't, so, so Hollerick would never, ever consider sexuality apart from love. Attempting to draw clarity from Hollerick's comments, Smaglick noted that the sacred scriptures and the tradition of the church have quote, taught for 2,000 years that sodomy is a sin, an abomination that cries out to heaven, one of the seven sins that cries out for retribution before particular judgment. That, that's a really bad thing. However, in response to Smaglick's comment, I can't read that name, the cardinal appeared to cast doubt on the clear and ancient scriptural teaching on homosexual acts as sinful stating that, quote, the Bible also said we should stone the woman who is adulterous, end quote. The, uh, the Bible said that the sun turns around the earth, holler it continued. You see where this modernist piece of garbage is going? So the Bible is, dot, 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 we have to give an interpretation to the Bible that allows him to do what he wants to do with his loins. That's what he's saying. Him and all of his buddies in Luxembourg there, right? All What is it with the Belgians, like the Neils and the Luxembourg people? Why are they all in the camp of this diabolic practice of homosexuality? Speaking to LifeSite News, Smaglick said that the views expressed by Hollerick clarified that he and the Pope want to use the synod to normalize and sanctify sin, the sin that cries out to heaven for vengeance. Good for you, Dick Smaglick. He argued that the rejection of the traditional Catholic liturgy, for example, in the Chicago, uh, in Chicago, Cardinal Blaise Supich's recent suppression of the Institute of Christ the Sovereign Priest, is tied to the rejection of traditional doctrine and morality. That's where we are strong. 
And the Pope and progressives are very weak. And this is the conceptual nexus, the overlap that I was talking about, my prolix aside. When I'm saying, well, there is something relating Vatican II to Pope Francis. It's antipathy for tradition. Across the board, Catholics care about the culture war and the rejection of woke madness, Smaglick said, but warned that most Catholics aren't aware that those leading a drive in the Synod are openly pushing for the normalization and sanctification of homosexual acts and fornication. They also aren't aware that the leader of the Synod, leaders of the Synod, believe that they have the input from the faithful they need to move forward with their agenda to redefine sexual morality. The synodal process, Smaglick suggested, is being used to garner apparent support from the faithful for the introduction of pro-LGBT views held by some within the Catholic hierarchy, such as Hollerick, held by many. Now, I mean, look, I've, I've been very square with you guys. I, I, we don't travel to New Orleans for the TLM every week or Bay St. Louis for the TLM there every week. They're, they're equidistant in different directions. We live in Hub City right? It's called the hub of the spoke. We can get to some of the major, like nine of the major cities in the South here, all within 90 minutes. So they call it hub city. It was a cool geographic thing. That makes it pretty easy to get to a TLM south to NOLA or east to Bay St. Louis. But we don't do it every week. And that means we wind up in the Novus Ordo. And the Novus Ordo is a, I think it's a terrible expression of uh, the Lex Orandi, but it is the Lex Orandi. It's the, the ordinary expression of the Lex Orandi. We love the Latin Mass, obviously. And so I'm not looking down my nose at people, qua attendees of the Novus Ordo, but let's be honest. I, I'm not one of these trad snobs that says, oh, nothing good comes, no good people attend the Novus Ordo. I think they were good before they went there and they have strong faith and their strong faith can withstand going to the Novus Ordo Mass because they're getting the real Eucharist. And there are some good priests that say the Novus Ordo, but they're not getting it from the changes in the liturgy. They would have been getting a lot more flowering, a lot more fruit, a lot more salt, a lot more light from the TLM. That's just, I, I consider that a closed matter. I think it's obvious. But I don't look down my nose at them because I'm one of them. Lots of Sundays. And I, yeah, I just have to go yell at the priest after Mass or whatever. <laughs> True story. It's just a fact. You go to a Novus Ordo 90% of the time, you got, yeah, get your yelling voice on. But wear your boots. You know, get, bring your wall straightening gloves. You're going to have to do some straightening out. And it's a pain to do. Okay? But let's say that, let's, let's take... To be fair, at the same time, the countervailing expression of honesty that most of the people that attend the Novus Ordo are not particularly knowledgeable about the real teachings of the faith, even the real basic teachings of Catholic morality. And they're the ones that this synod in this kabuki theater sham process of cross-fertilization are being pulled. And they're being pulled in the same way that Bill Clinton pulled the American people such as to, in a determinative way, for his presidential decisions. That's not what you want. We want leadership. 
So it's the novice ordo folk who don't know any, most of them contracept, right? That's a fact. We have the numbers from um, Brookings Institute and Pew Research. Most folks at the Novus Ordo contracept. Most folks at the TLM don't. That's a fact. That's not snobbery. And I've been very, very charitable to the Novus Ordo folks, especially compared to some other trad YouTubers. But I, I'm going to state the facts. They don't even know they can't contracept. A lot of them don't even know they can't get divorces. I'm not joking. These are the people that in this sham cross-fertilization process, the synod on synodality, they're being pulled. And because the relator general, like this holleric uh, butt philosopher, you know, philosopher of the butt, I mean, he, he says people don't want to have, uh, people don't, shouldn't do this in, well, how did I define it? But... It's okay for them to do it. That's all I'm saying. He's a philosopher of the B-U-T. It's a new term. That's all I know about him. He might be a celibate. He might not. Let's assume he's celibate, but he's still a philosopher of the butt. Okay? That's, what I'm, that's all I've really said here today. So Hollerick and others who are philosophers of the B-U-T butt they are you they're weaponizing the ignorance and the nescience of the novus ordo people for the vast majority anyway to just say hey look this is what you want we just pulled you you guys want uh sex between men so we're going to bring our concerns as cardinals the princes of the church we're going to just rewrite the clear laws that God gave. And he, remember above in this LifeSite article, he says, hmm. you know, the Bible also said you can stone adulteresses. It also says uh, the, the, the sun revolves around the earth or something. So what are the takeaways from today? You know, it's a, this is a good LifeSite article, and John Henry Weston did a good uh, interview with this uh, Smaglick character. Uh, maybe maybe he just did a solo on it. But I, I think the takeaways are we have to always cent centrificate our position, not, not, not in the sense of we need to be in the center politically. We, we, all of us should be considered far right-wingers if you're faithful Catholic. I'll never get these 1980s Catholic types that say to be a good Catholic, you should be neither left nor right. If you're, if you're a Catholic in today's world, given where the Overton window is now you should be considered a right-wing wacko but so that's not what i mean by centrifugating i mean like the helm of the ship particularly men out there that are trying to steer their own families to heaven when the church refuses to do it for all but refuses to do it for you see there's the but again all but <laughs> when the church has gone into an undeclared low-key unstated unofficial apostasy See how I distinguish there? I'm not saying I know it's in an actual apostasy, but when it's in a status like it is, you guys, you men out there, have to steer your families carefully. And that doesn't just mean, oh, I want to go to Latin Mass. I'm going to go to the, you know, Sede Parish because they still say the Latin Mass. And I'm really mad. You got to distinguish. And then once you distinguish, you got to distinguish some more. So you're, you're, you have this, the helm in hand. And you go, oh, you know, we're two degrees off to the west. 
you don't just crank the wheel east. You go, we got to do my best to approximate two degrees back to the east and then make up a little, maybe an extra half a degree. And then if you go a little bit too far to the east, you got to do a half a degree back to the west. That, then this has nothing to do with political centrism. Let me distinguish now. This just has to do with, if you're trying to reach the right, reach the right temperature and you're, you're warming your pool or something, you're heating it up too much and you got to put some cold water and then you got to heat it up. Hopefully your acts of centrification are getting smaller and smaller each time. You don't want to overcompensate. It's dangerous. Remember, you can fall off the bark to the left or the right. This isn't a real... I'm not really worried about people becoming too politically right-wing. I don't think there is such a thing. Small government, subsidiarity, self-determination. You know, this stuff is always good. I don't think it's that dangerous. But within ecclesiology, we can't just say, well, we love the Latin Mass, so we're going to go get some guy named Martin, last name Luther, to start saying Latin Masses for us. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes we're just caught in the ecclesiastical crossfire and we have to take what they give us. People don't like that. I know you don't like to hear that. I don't like it either. If your diocese just pulled the Latin Mass, be mad. Let them know. Call them names. <laughs> but, you, I mean, I don't know. Don't, don't get yourself into a state of sin. But you can call them names within reason. And they are doing it for an ill intent. They are doing it because they're afraid of tradition. They are doing it because they know how piss poor the Novus Ordo is and that it's not going to survive. It's only one generation that really loved it, and that generation is dying off. And now they're clinging to it. The liturgical changes, and no one wants it. Anyone with half a brain is like, dude, Catholic tradition. So I'm not saying you can't do that stuff. I'm saying you should make a stink. Do like Francis says, make a mess. But you can't, there are things you can do, there are things you can't do. You can't just start saying your own. You can't consecrate those on your own. And there are some things that go in that vein. Okay, so the point is, it's, it's, a, it's a, cl a little bit clearer to make a Francis distinction than to make a what do we do in the wake of Sacrosanctum Concilium in the Missal of Paul VI vein. It's pretty clear. Francis ain't going to correct guys like his cadre, Cardinal Hollerich. He was made Relator General of the Synod on Synodality for a reason. They're pulling the Novus Ordo folk of the world who don't know uh, shoot from Shinola for a reason. It's all been set up for a reason. The two synods on the family and the little kabuki theater that they ran with Cardinal Walter Casper. That was all done for a reason. Remember at that first synod on the family, the Relatio, the midterm report in middle October, they said we need to recognize the the positive aspects of gay relationships. They're getting back around to that agenda because they're, I don't know who they are. I'm, I'm, you know, you don't have to be a practicing homosexual within the clergy to be a butt philosopher, right? It's a, it's a funny little overlap of terms. But you could be technically a straight or even a sexually inactive clergy and still be a philosopher of the BUT. But there's a lot of overlap as well. Conceptual overlap as well. So the point is, it's clear to make this distinction. Francis is doing it all for a reason.
and I, I don't want you guys to get mixed up. Like, well, Tim, you, you said, you know, Vatican II didn't create like a false church, which is what a lot of trads started saying or just implying in the, over the last two years, over the last three years. And I'm like, well, yes, I still think the church is the bark. I don't think we've had one of 21 ecumenical councils which aired which would mean that the gates of hell have prevailed against the church. So I, I say that, yes. It's much clearer that, that Francis is just, he's doing wicked things by the, by the week. And saying that is, not, is much less risky. Much, it's, a, it's an order of magnitude less risky than, I, I don't say he's a formal heretic, but I'm saying he's certainly got to be in risk of, of later, a later juridical judgment of that. For several reasons. That's an order of magnitude less risky than to start trafficking in saying, I know the Second Vatican Council wasn't ecumenical or something like that. That's one of my main points in today's show is just, yeah, I've dialed things back. I mean, at some point I was, I learned to dial things back in 2019. I'm like, I don't want you guys to hear my rage at having to go to the Novus Ordo some weeks as alignment with folks that don't think that Vatican II was an ecumenical council. But at the same time, I don't want that parsing of words to make you think I'm one of these people that's like, look, we went too far in our criticism of Francis. I don't, I don't know many people out there, I don't, no names come to mind, um, that have consistently gone too far in their criticisms of Francis. I think it's almost impossible. I think that's how wicked Francis is. I think it's almost impossible, not completely impossible, but certainly, um, I'll, I'll just speak to the point. When Taylor sounded like he was talking about formal heresy by Francis, and then he's a little vague, and then later he said, well, maybe, maybe not formal heresy. I understood where he was coming from, right? It's not formal because it's not declared yet. But certainly, it would not be surprising if within 20 or 40 or 80 years, the right body, juridically speaking, within Catholic ecclesiology, within the magisterium of Holy Roman Church, says, uh, this letter from October of 2016, where Francis said that the heretical Argentine bishops who are giving communion to the divorced and civilly remarried, where he said that they have the only incorrect interpretation of Amoris Laetitia, and put that in the AS, that is. That would not shock me, okay? So it might have been a slip of the tongue on Taylor's part or whatever, but I, I, do not, I do not paint that with the same brush as I paint some of the things he said about Vatican II or the hermeneutic of continuity. I think we need to keep distinguishing, okay? And we need to keep distinguishing what have I been calling for each of the last shows? Charitably. Charity is what something, uh, there's a tweet by Classical Theist the other day that was good. Like, rethink your priorities. If you're gentler with Protestants and Eastern Orthodox than you are with any of the different types of rad trads. Think about that. I, I don't agree with the, the raddest of the rad trads. I'm a trad, but I disagree with them. But a lot of folks out there, a lot, on the Catholic right, are more charitable to their Protestant buddies and their Eastern Orthodox buddies than they are to rad trads. Like, oh, a sede. 
this guy's a set. I'm like, okay, well, he's a set. He's a lot closer to us than an Eastern Orthodox or a, a Protestant. And again, I know these distinctions make some of you guys go, that's cool. And some of you guys go, that makes me mad that Tim's bothering to distinguish, but it's true. Set of a contest is someone that's a lot closer to the truth than an Eastern Orthodox. Okay. And maybe, see, I know, I know you're not used to this. In the upside-down, topsy-turvy, relativist world of Francis's Pope, you're only used to hearing calls for charity for, like, sodomites and murderers and the, the worst kinds of religionists and Muslims and Buddhists, Hindus, people that are just way off. But if you're like, no, I, I, I'm not a rad trad. I'm a trad that's not a rad trad, but, like, these people are a lot closer to us. Set of a contest. Certainly, SSPX attendees are a lot closer than them. So let's 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 be friends with them. Let's let's just keep open, for heaven's sakes. But you know, the people I have no problem with anyone saying what let's break ranks are the folks that are saying that homosexual acts can ever be acceptable in the eyes of heaven. That's wrong. And see, see how I'm, I'm, I'm self-consistent here, I'm safe. None of the folks that I'm sticking up for a little bit are ever going to be saying something contrary-wise to that. These people are consistent. They want the truth. The church has been a very confusing place to live for my entire life, for your entire life, even if you're 100. I don't know if I have a many nonagenarian viewers that are 90 to 100 years old out there, but if I do, the church has been confusing since about the 1930s. It's been infiltrated and suffering like she's never suffered before for about 90 years. Even before. So be friends with each other. All right, remember to like, subscribe, click the notification bell for this video. Stay vigilant, my friends. Stay vigilant. The philosophers of the BUT are out in full force and they're trying to get you. We're going to have the last word, though. Deus Volt. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit.